The defensive lineman put on an absolute show on Thursday in what is looking like one of the deepest classes, particularly on the edge that we have seen in a long time. For the Green Bay Packers, what does that mean? What does a deep class at any position mean for them and how they should approach the draft? And what does it mean for their offseason holistically and how they can approach it? We dive into all of that on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. What we saw yesterday from the defensive linemen, interior defenders, and the edge group was truly unbelievable. Guys like Nolan Smith, who a little undersized, 6'2", 238, that is undersized. I understand if you met Nolan Smith on the street, you'd be like, that's a big dude, 6'2", 238. But an NFL edge player, that's undersized. But then he jumped over 40 inches. He ran in the four threes. He tested as an absolute crazy athlete. Lucas Van Ness, guys we knew were going to test off the charts. And I track boards because I want to figure out, okay, who who do I need to watch? I don't have time to watch 300 prospects. I will watch everyone that the Packers draft after they draft them. And then I try and watch about the top 100 to 120 guys. That is my goal every year. And so I start with everyone in the top 50. And I go to different boards, the ones that that I have the most respect for, you know, guys like Dane Brugler at The Athletic and Daniel Jeremiah, who's a former, you know, uh, personnel evaluator in the NFL, they're top 50s. And I say, okay, who do I need to know for sure at the top of this draft? Just a couple boards. This is pre-combine. There were 18 edge guys who were in one, one person's top 50. 18. 18. Imagine that 18 edge guys are not going to go in the top 50 like the Packers pick at 45. There's not going to be 14 or 15 edge rushers taken before 45. And at 15, that means there could be some players there. Who would interest Green Bay for sure. Now, it could also push someone like Lucas Van Ness at, you know, at 275 tested you know, 99th percentile kind of guy. It's certainly 97, 98th percentile athlete. Nolan Smith might have, I had one league source say he just tested his way into the top 10. He had been mocked to the Packers at 15. Maybe he's, maybe he has to go in the top 10 now, even at 6'2", under 240. Very similar in size and testing to someone like Hassan Reddick, who just, killed it for the Eagles, would provide a team like the Packers 
with a different kind of skill set, a different kind of player, some twitch. He's got power. He's got quickness. Certainly makes sense. And that Georgia background makes sense for a team like the Packers at 15. He might not even get to 15 now. And that that brought up an interesting question for me. And it was something that, you know, I, I think about every year. We talk about every year. And then was was raised to me on Twitter when I was talking about how deep, deep this edge class is. And that is, okay, how do you react to that? Because scarcity is part of value. If I go into the draft and I have 18 edge guys with top 50 grades, you know, with, with first or second round grades, there's, I think, a pretty good chance that I'm sitting there in the 70s in the third round and one of those guys is there. And so my instinct is to say that even though edge and, and pass rush is a premium position, and even though if you're going to take an edge rusher, you want an edge rusher with that high-end athleticism. And even though history tells us if you want a premium pass rusher, you better do it early, especially in the first round. That's where you find those, those high-end pass rushers. Kenny Clark, first-round pick. Clay Matthews, first-round pick. Nick Perry, first-round pick. I know Nick Perry had some issues. They were injury-related. When he was healthy, he was a Monster. Uh, Rashawn Gary, first round pick. Nick Bosa, first round pick. Look around. Joey Bosa, first round pick. Miles Garrett, first round pick. The best pass rushers in the league, by and large, first round picks. All of that being true, my instinct in a case like this is to say it's okay to wait. But then I think back. I go back in the Wayback Machine and I think, what happened in 2020? I was on this podcast. For those of you that were here with me, thank you for being on this journey with me since then. That was a long time ago already. And I was going, well, there are just so many good players. Someone really good is going to make it to when the Packers pick at the end of the first round. And then a historic number of receivers came off the board. Now, look, would Michael Pittman still have been a good pick there? Would Chase Claypool still have been a good pick there? Would T. Higgins still have been a good pick there? Yes. But it looked like it would be the case going into the draft that even by the end of the second, there were just too many good players to not have someone fall to the end of the second round. And the reality is no one did. No one did. It was over by pick 50. All of these guys had gone. A historic run on receivers had taken place. And the Packers were sitting there SOL. So if you want a pass rusher, maybe you should do it a little bit sooner. Here is where the Packers sit, though. They re-signed and reworked, re-signed a, a year or two ago, Preston Smith, and then reworked that deal. He's going to be on this team. Rashawn Gary is a star. They're going to extend him. And Kingsley Nick looks like a really nice edge rusher. Showed a, a lot of nice things. He's, he may not be ever be a high level, like high, high level starter, 
But could he grow into sort of what Preston Smith is now? Hell yeah. So that's three legit guys. They got some nice production out of Justin Hollins. When Rashawn Gary gets back, they're going to have a really nice edge class. Taking someone like a Van Ness or a Nolan Smith at 15 was going to be a luxury. It was going to be a luxury. And so if you have a luxury that all of a sudden is not as luxurious because maybe at 45 or at 78, you can get a really good player. And and if you don't get one of those players, you have plenty of guys are, who are still good enough. That's the difference. In 2020, the Packers didn't have anyone else at receiver. They had Devontae Adams and their guys. They had their team. And no reason to think that their team and the guys on their team were going to get significantly better. And they didn't. Preston Smith is not going to get better. But Rashawn Gary might once he gets all the way back from the ACL. You have to take this through the long view. Kingsley and Igbari could make a jump in year two. Justin Hollins, year two in the system, assuming he's back. You, you have an opportunity to have a really nice room. And you could add a player in the third round, the fourth round that comes in and gives you nice positional depth. Maybe you can find a defensive lineman in the first, second, or third round. Or even the fourth or fifth round. The Packers have found some good players there as well to come in and give you depth and add to your pass rush in ways that, you know, you're not going to get a, that elite upside, but it's nice depth to have. And so it allows you to then say, okay, all of this investment has been made in the defense and you don't have to take a luxury pick at 15 precisely because the value, the scarcity of that asset is just not the same. If there's four edge rushers in this class and you have the chance to pick one at 15, maybe it's a different maybe it's a different thing. But the opportunity cost is not the same because you might be in a position at 45 to take someone you have a first round grade on. You might be sitting there in the third round to take a guy that you have a top 50 kind of grade on. Because there's just so many of them and it's it's also a really good corner class, premium position. It's a really deep, even if there's not that elite, elite offensive tackle prospect, it is a deep, deep class. There are eight or 10 guys that that could all be, you know, early picks. I did this, you know, the same thing that I have with the edge. There's 18 of those. And I have, uh, 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 let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine offensive tackles in the projected in the top 50 and 12 receivers who are in someone's top 50. Like, some, they can't all be picked. Like, the numbers don't work out. Like, I just gave you basically the top 50. If all of those guys go, that's that's essentially your whole, your whole class. Plus, you have the, the 10 guys on the corner class that are projected to go in, in the top 50 as well. But we know the quarterbacks are going to go. We know a couple of these running backs are probably going to go. Guys like Bijan Robinson. You have some defensive tackles. You know, Jalen Carter is going to get drafted. Brian Brzee is going to get drafted. Mozzie Smith is going to go high. There's a, a couple guards who have a chance. Uh, Brian Branch, the safety. Drew Sanders, the linebacker. Like, these guys are going to go. They can't all get drafted. And this is 
where in this draft, you're in a really good position for Green Bay. You have two top 50 picks. The last time the Packers had multiple top 50 picks, they came away with Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and Elton Jenkins. Now they had three picks. Packers right now only have two. If they trade Aaron Rodgers, get a first round pick, they'd have three. That kind of draft again, man, that would look really, really nice for Green Bay. All right. How does this impact the way that the Packers view the rest of the offseason? We're going to talk about that in a second. Before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar you will ever have. It's the best protein bar I personally have ever had, and I have tried them all, basically. And I have them every day. I had one today. It was magnificent. It was wonderful. It was exactly what I needed in that moment because I was hungry, but I wanted something delicious. You know that feeling? Like, I'm hungry, but I can't just go have carrots. I can't just go have... You know, even yogurt, I love yogurt. It's it's good for you. It's not loaded with sugar. But I don't know, especially because I often get the sugar-free kind. Like it's just, it doesn't taste the same. It doesn't, I'm not, it's not as satisfying. I'm no, I know I'm getting something that good in my body, but it's not satisfying the same way. God, the built bar tasted good. And I I knew I was doing something good for my body because it's only 130 calories four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. I'm fueling my body while giving myself a treat. I, I, there's there's nothing more I could ask out of a food. So I, I got mine at built.com. You can still go do that. You can still order them online and, and wait for them to show up at your door. But if you don't want to wait, if you need them now, and I get it, and you're, you're going shopping, maybe you're hungry from shopping, Sam's Club, you can go get some. Walmart, you can go get some. Walk in the store, bang, box, and walk out. It is a great way to get that sweet craving and still fuel your body. Go get some today. So I, I said all of that sort of to set up this second part of this, which is I think Green Bay is in a position to give this team, and and you're not giving the fans anything, but I think to satisfy a lot of fans with this offseason because the more I look at it you know and I was banging the table all of last year they're not going to take Devontae Wyatt he's old and plays a non-premium position and they took Devontae Wyatt I said they're not going to take an off-ball linebacker um, because they don't take off-ball linebackers and then they took an off-ball linebacker um and I I have been looking at it I watched all the tight ends there's actually a decent number of, this is a good tight end class. And there are going to be, I think, six or seven of them that are going to go probably in the first two rounds. Maybe you you look at, you know, maybe the top 75. I don't know that there are seven I would take in the top 75, but there are seven guys that I have seen on top 50 boards. There is a player I would take at 15. There's a player I would get. Dalton Kincaid is the guy. At 15, who I'd be like, yeah. And I don't, I'm not a tight end guy in the first round. I just don't think you should do it. Don Kincaid is not going to be, you know, that Kyle Pitts level athlete. By the way, I didn't think that was like the best idea either, but that's neither here nor there. And, and I think Michael Mayer is a legit first round prospect. And if the Packers were to be in a position where someone's going to give them something nice, like they get the New Orleans Saints deal, someone's going to give them a first to move down into the 20s, Michael Mayer. Sounds great. 
But I think on day two, some really nice players on day two. Sam Laporta, love him. Uh, Davis Allen, underrated prospect. Given what I said about the depth on defense, I think this is going to be an offense early draft for the Packers because they want to upgrade this tight end position. You know, this is the, the time of year when when you hear things and you gather information. The tight end position is going to look different in 2023 in Green Bay than it did in 2022. I don't think under really any circumstances, Big Bob Tunyon is going to be back. I think they can have Big Dog back if they if they want him and he wants to be back. I, I think that he will be back regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to sign a veteran tight end. And I think that they are looking at these top level guys. That guys like Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer are very much on their radar. And the, the guys in round two at receiver... That's when it starts to be like, remember Randall Cobb, we talked about yesterday, you know, going outside of type, but at a certain point, a really good football player falls to you and there's value in the pick. So let's say a Zay Flowers, who's going to come in, you know, in the low 180s, 5'10", 5'11", he's small for Green Bay, but he's also a type that they don't have, maybe at 45 it makes more sense because he's just a really good football player. He's, he is, you know, if he were an inch taller and 10 pounds heavier, he'd probably be a first round pick, whether that's fair or not. But that's when you start to be able to make these gambles. Maybe 45 is the range where you can get Jalen Hyatt. Maybe 45 is the range you can get a Josh Downs. And a, a, a Keishon Bouti. Like there are, opportunities, the way that this draft shakes out to get these quality offensive players and wait on your defensive players. It's a deep corner class. You can get a corner, second round, third round. You can get a pass rusher, second round, third round, fourth round. So why not focus your attention these other places? And that can be true regardless of who the quarterback is. They've spent... And, and, you know, I, I wrote about this for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. They have invested a ton in this defense and not gotten the dividends out of it. But they, they have pedigree guys basically across this defense. By the way, I think Rasul Douglas is going is to move to safety. I think we're going we're gonna to find that out relatively soon that that's happening. The, I think the Packers, I said this yesterday, want to be in the market for a safety. I think that they could be in the market in this class for a safety. I think they could be in the market in this class for a corner. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. And it's mostly depth everywhere else. Like if you draft a high end, uh, use a high end pick on a defensive player, they're probably not going to play much in year one. Eric Stokes is expected to be back. I expect big things of Eric Stokes in year three. He's a really good player, a really talented player. And he's already, I know Josh Jackson, like people are going to say Josh Jackson, like Josh Jackson was your guy. Eric Stokes showed way more in year one than Josh Jackson ever showed in Green Bay in the regular season. Josh Jackson, a preseason superstar 
the 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 you know proverbial for a player in baseball where like he's too good for AAA, but in the bigs he's just not very good. That was Josh Jackson. Eric Stokes was legitimately a good corner as a rookie. And I think a lot of the changes to this defense really would have benefited him. More squat corner play where he gets to press at the line of scrimmage, press bail, cover two, cover six. Like, I think that stuff makes sense for Eric Stokes. And then more man coverage too. That allows you, I think, to, to free yourself up to say, I understand that the defense was a bigger problem last year than the offense, but the offense could still use some beefing up. Christian Watson, you're two, you'd like him to take a step. Romeo Dobbs, you're two, you'd like him to take a step. But this might be, you know, the, the last year you have A.J. Dillon. Probably not going to be the last year you have Aaron Jones, but maybe the last year you have A.J. Dillon. Maybe the last year you have Mercedes Lewis. So you need to backfill some of these spots. Tight end makes a lot of sense. You need to fill Tanya's spot. And in a year, you're going to need to fill Mercedes Lewis's spot. So they need to draft a tight end, whether it's you know in the first round, second round, doesn't matter. I love their, I love the day two guys. If it were me, you know, at the top, I'd rather have a receiver in the first round. I'd rather take Jackson's pick to Jigma at 15 if he's there. Um, we'll see how these guys test. You know, if Quentin Johnson tests really well, maybe all of a sudden he gets into that mix at 15. Um, Packers met with him formally, according to reports. So I think tight end on day two for me personally makes more sense. But I've also come to the conclusion that while we have a lot of information about what the Packers do and and like and, and how they tend to approach these things, the way that Brian Gutekinds has changed and broken some of those molds makes me open to new things. And I, I just... I believe, and and we'll see, right? We'll see how they test, especially. But I believe this could be the year that the Packers give the fans what they want, and that is an offensive show with what happens in the offseason. A tight end in round one, a receiver in round two, or vice versa. I think that's very much in play, and I think that the shape of this draft puts them in a position to do that, I'm fascinated to see how the rest of this weekend plays out. Um, and so we'll have more on that coming up um, next week when we get to see all of these guys and get to see um, how they how they do whatever that they do. Some of these guys are not going to do a lot. And so that's part of this too. All right, before we finish up today's episode, thank you for making it your first listen. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL Draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Locked on NFL Draft, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One thing that I always flag over the last few years in the Brian Goody Constera, this was not the case in the Ted Thompson era, the Packers have used their formal meetings at the Combine and clustered them at positions of need. It's not a, a huge indicator of the actual players that they will draft, but over the last few years, and we, I've written about this, I've talked about this, 
if they're clustering around a couple of positions, that's where they want to draft. And if you go back to 2020, they wanted to draft a receiver. They just weren't in position to get any of the top guys. Now, who have they talked to so far? Now, we've only heard from a select group of players. But um, some receivers, some safeties, some corners, Mozzie Smith, some defensive linemen. Uh, like this is just, I just want to flag this. I think it will be more telling at the end here. Safeties, definitely. I think that if if the Packers could plan this, they would take uh, Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer at 15. They would take, like Jalen Hyatt would fall, fall to 45. Like maybe that's a pipe dream, maybe it's not. And then someone like Jordan Battle, one of these safeties would be there in the third round, and that would be their first three picks. And then they'd sign a safety and sign a pass catcher in the offseason. All that seems not only in play, but but what the preference would be. Um, we'll see if that's how it plays out. We have to see what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We have to see what the money looks like. They all of a sudden have, you know, $15, $16 million under the cap and can do more. They can save another Six, seven with David Bakhtiari. They can save another um, couple million with Devondre Campbell and Russell Douglas signing bonuses or, or roster bonuses um, that they can turn into signing bonuses and convert over the life of those contracts to make the money a little bit easier. So they're they're putting themselves in a position. You know, Brian Gutekind's joke to Larry McCarron that, you know, Russ Ball would like me to say that we don't have a lot of money because he's holding those purse strings. But I think they'd like to make one big move. And maybe one of those sort of Brian Gutekind's marginal moves where you sign a guy for one year, four million or something like that, one year, five, um, and hope that you can get the rejuvenation of that guy. You know, maybe someone like a Mike Kosicki, for example. You know, you get a Michael Mayer in the first round, add him to, you know, who can who can block and, and catch Mike Kosicki. Add a speedy receiver, Cedric Tillman in the third round. That would be a fun offseason. I'm telling you that. That would be a fun offseason. And, and you add your safeties, you move Russell Douglas. You're in a good position heading into 2023, regardless of who the quarterback is. And as I said yesterday, and I think this is a really important point, the Packers are not rebuilding if they go to Jordan Love. They are If they go to Jordan Love, it will be, be precisely because they think they can win. And so I think this offense... Is, is still going to be potentially good with him. And they can make it even better if they add some pieces. I think this offseason is the year that Packer fans go, assuming they like moving on from Aaron Rodgers, that that's what they in fact do. But even if they don't, if Aaron Rodgers is back, however you feel about the quarterbacks, I think they're going to give us and, and fans and media the offseason that a lot of fans and media have been asking for for a long time. But we'll see. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. We will be back here next week, um, hopefully with, with Keith Sanchez from the Locked on NFL Draft, um, to recap the weekend and push this forward with the Green Bay Packers. And before you know it, new league year starts. Um, less than two weeks away, the new league year will start, which means we need to get an answer from Aaron Rodgers like now quick and in a hurry so we'll see we'll see what happens there and when we do get an answer 
the Locked On Packers YouTube page. We will be live talking about it so you can stay Locked On Packers.